Hey there streamers, the good news is I made it out of the barracks. The bad news is I'm now lost in the woods outside those barracks and I'm still looking for Scott. And if that wasn't bad enough, I'm apparently kind of surrounded by wolves at the moment. Um, so I'm gonna keep the, uh, the, uh, sh uh short and, um, um, good, good puppy, good puppy, that's a good puppy. That's a, that, ah, this is the one screen! Welcome aboard, and you are listening to the fourth episode of The Bloodstream. I know that the first few episodes were all exclusively movies on Amazon, which is weirdly appropriate considering, you know, Bloodstream, Rivers, Amazon, that kind of thing. But part of the point of this was getting around to all kinds of services and not relying on just one of them. And so I always was going to do something from Netflix. I figured after three straight episodes of movies on Amazon, it was time to move over there. The only difficult part was trying to find something that leapt out at me. I know there's movies that might not be that great over there, but they're just so hard to pick out, and I don't know why that is. I mean, part of it's, you can see something going to be a real trip on Amazon because they have the cover art. Netflix is a little harder to pick out. But after digging around, I found something that looked entertaining enough, and that ended up being Uncaged. And I'm just gonna kick it right off and jump right into the trailer. I'll be right back after this. find this you might want to stop watching now. Oh, must be something, Jack. Repeat after me. When I'm 18. When I'm 18. If I feel sick. If I feel sick. I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid. Authorities speculate a rogue black bear may be responsible for the attack and authorities are urging all residents to remain vigilant while carrying out their daily activities. And yeah, right up front, this is a werewolf movie. The movie starts off in the past, where we meet the younger version of our main character, Jack. Why is it so many werewolves are named Jack? I know Marvel went all in with their Werewolf by Night character and called him Jack Russell, which is... Wow, that's a pun of a name if I ever heard one. 
Anyways, I digress and you know, back to young Jack and his parents doing typical family stuff. His father drops the line of your worst quality can also be your best. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's probably gonna be foreshadowing. After we get a few minutes of family stuff, they put Jack to bed and as he's going to sleep, he hears something stomping around outside. Typical childhood nightmare stuff, except with Jack, it's not a nightmare. After we hear lots of growling and some screaming, we jump ahead 12 years and we don't find out what happens for a little bit longer. We jump ahead 12 years in Jackson College. Winter break is coming up and when he gets a call from his Uncle Mike, he decides to spend the week up there with his friends Brandon and Turner. Brandon's a bit of a nebbishy, nerdy type and Turner's a nice enough guy but he's also one of those big jockey types. Not dumb, but you know, he's a real guy's guy and he's always chasing the ladies and that's a bit of a plot point. So they arrive at the cabin, they settle in, but the power goes out. Which is bad for a number of reasons, not least of which is the lights are out and there's no heat. As everyone sleeps, a cloaked figure sneaks into Jack's room and hits him with a needle. Which is unfortunate for Jack because the next day he wakes up naked and in a dumpster. They kind of play it that you don't know what's going on and maybe this is because of the injection. And I, I like that they run with the ambiguity here, but really, it's a werewolf movie. The upside of finding yourself in a dumpster for a thing in the morning is that Jack at least has plenty of garbage bags he can use to cover up with. Jack may be a bit confused, but he still manages to call the cabin and have Brandon come out and get him. And that will lead us into the first clip. I got there. I got there to pick you up. I can get home safe. Hey, you only have your learners. You don't have a wallet on you. You're wearing a garbage bag. So where did you sleep last night? A dumpster. <laughs> why, why are you sleeping in a dumpster? I don't know. You know, if it's something weird, like some fetish thing, I, I get it, all right? Let's just say I get it. So you can tell me if you want, you know. I'm into some nasty shit. I'm sure you gotta, we're related. You must have some weird stuff going on. Actually. They both seem to be taking that rather well, and at least, you know, we start to get the sense that there are family secrets lurking around. We flash back to the night of the monster attack, which is only notable because there's a moment where Jack's mom tells him that if when he turns 18, if he ever feels sick, not to be afraid. So there's definitely more going on here. Spoiler, it's a werewolf movie. We do finally get to meet Uncle Mike, who's lurking around the fringes of the plot. He's been talked about so far, but he's otherwise been said that he's away from the cabin for the week. He's busy talking with Jack's mom on the phone who's still kicking around out there too, and they're clearly plotting something about Jack. After the really weird morning he's had, Jack decides he needs to clear his head and go out for a walk in the woods, which worked out so well for him the day before, which leaves the other two just sitting around the cabin. So Brandon decides to take this time to fill Turner in on the whole sordid history of his and Jack's family. It's told with some really neat comic booky type panels, but you're not going to get any of that as we go into the next clip. Do you know the story about Jack's family, by the way? Yeah, his mom, like, shot up his dad or something, right? No, it goes way beyond that. A lot more. All right, well, every family has problems. I mean, <laughs> shit, my dad used to be an alcoholic. Still is, we just got over it. They have a Wikipedia page, just oh. about them. Oh, God. Yeah, okay? It all started with um, Jack's mom's oldest sister, Margaret. She went into the city with her boyfriend for a romantic night out, mm -hmm. right? They are gonna get dinner. And after dinner, he surprised her. He had a hotel room at the Waldorf Astoria. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's a nice hotel. I would do dirty things to stay in there. You hotel. would do dirty things for free. Because listen, the next morning, the maids come in, boyfriend's dead. Head split open like a pumpkin or a melon or a watermelon. And Margaret, she's hanging from a chandelier. Dead too, obviously. 
Jesus. Killed herself. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, Jack's mom gets a little nastier. She took much longer to go crazy. You know, she waited, you know, years. And then one night, when Jack was around five or six, his mother just went ballistic. Cut her husband's face open with a razor. Really tore it. Like, gruesome. Okay. My parents, they still don't understand how one night a person could be completely normal, friendly, interesting, nice, and then the next, homicidal. They never even found her body, just her clothes, completely soaked in blood. Oh, but the worst one? The worst incident by far is Uncle Mike. Our Uncle Mike. He was in Europe taking an overnight train from Brussels to Amsterdam. And the next day, when the train pulled into the station and the conductor came to open the doors, he found 12 bodies, dead people, just slaughtered, torn up, cast all over the walls. You know, it was just disgusting. There's guts everywhere. Really just gruesome stuff, awful stuff. The only guy that made it was Uncle Mike. So naturally, he's a suspect, but they couldn't find his fingerprints on anything. And frankly, it didn't make any sense that a scrawny teenager could have killed an entire car full of people, you know? Not like the way whoever did it did it, because they tore, like, jaws off and shit. I mean, God. Holy shit. You're fucking related to these people. No, it's through uh, Jack's father, so I'm not psycho. Jack's mom lurks around the cabin some more, and she runs into Turner, which doesn't end well considering he brought a shotgun with him and shoots her in the face, which quite frankly is the appropriate response when you find someone in your otherwise empty cabin in the middle of the night. Jack's still busy outside going for walkies, and I don't remember where Brandon ended up at this point, so Turner decides to take it upon himself and bury Jack's mom and not tell anyone. I'm not going to point out too much that we're quite literally in the middle of winter and Turner still somehow managed to bury a body. That's not easy. Not surprisingly, the next day comes around and Jack wakes up naked and alone in the woods again. Brandon and Turner are watching the news and there's uh, reports of a bear attack. Here's a hint, it's not actual bears because this is a werewolf movie. Jack twigged pretty quickly that weird things are going on so he started wearing a GoPro camera at night. When he gets back to the cabin after another garbage bag wearing drive back home, he connects the camera to his laptop, checks out the footage to see what he's doing when he's blacking out. Surprise, Jack! You're eating people! You're the bear! <gasps> Werebears! Oh, no, no, werewolves. Werewolves. Damn it. Jack realizes he's the quote-unquote bear the news is talking about and heads over to the house of the survivor, Rose. He also has something of hers that he somehow got a hold of during the attack and decides to return that. We also meet her husband, Gonzo, which raises the question of who was the guy that Rose was with last night that Jack ended up eating. Gonzo's a real peach. He's not a, he's not a nice guy. He's violent. He's obviously involved with organized crime, although they never quite spell things out. Also, there's a later scene where Gonzo takes Rose's dog outside for quote-unquote a walk, and he pretty much clearly shoots the dog in the head because he can't stand the dog. Hell yeah, he is not a good person. Jack realizes he has to tell someone about what's going on and decides to confide in Brandon. Brandon asks the very important questions of, so does your dick transform? Look, dude, Jack will watch Wolf Cop. That'll give you an answer. Brandon, being the nerdy sort, starts to do some research and realizes there's going to be a whole lot more nights of this and that sets up the next clip as he talks about the moon. Oh, fuck. Okay. I got some bad news. What? I have some bad news. What? Uh, we got like four more days of you turning into a werewolf, it turns out. Uh, isn't it only supposed to last like one more night? No, the moon only has to be basically full for you to transform. And I'm looking at the lunar calendar, it says that we got four more nights of basically full moons. We're losing sun, this is... <sighs> Fucking Christ. Okay, if the sun goes down, I'm dropping you in the woods. 
because I, I don't think I should be in the same car with you. Thanks. What do you expect? I'm not going to die for you. Well, I mean, I die for you. I'm not going to just die. I'm not even dying for you. you just be eating me. I'm not going to be your dinner. I'd, sacri- I'd sacrifice myself. But that's a different situation. Anyway, I don't know why I'm explaining myself. Jack gets a call from a store that has some stuff for him that's been left there by either his mom or Uncle Mike. And when he arrives, he discovers a new truck and a cage. So, you know, happy birthday. While Jack and Brandon are picking up the cage, Turner is dealing pretty well with the fact that he just shot someone in the face and he's picking up a chick online. Turner hits it off with Crystal and they get ready to have sex, but Turner being Turner wants to record it, so he goes looking for the GoPro. What he finds is the blood-covered GoPro housing, so he's not going to be doing much recording right now. But it does start to plant some questions in his mind about what's going on. Jack and Brandon are busily trying to get the cage somewhere and the truck runs out of gas because plot convenience and no one thought to check the tank. Jack and Brandon drag the cage out into the woods for some reason. I guess it's arguably safer to have your werewolf not sitting in the middle of the road all night long. And they start to have a conversation about monsters, which leads into the next clip. See, if the werewolf you eats me, it's not because it's evil, it's because it's a monster. This is good. Okay. See, so, if werewolf you eats me, it's, it doesn't make it evil. It's just a monster, you know? It doesn't have any control over it. That sounds pretty evil to me. No, not if you don't have a choice. See, like, you know, like the Hulk? See, the Hulk, what? You put the Hulk in a terror space, it just destroys everything in its path. And it's a hero. You drop the Hulk in a church, and you know, it's obviously not a hero. That's what makes it a monster. It doesn't have a choice. Okay, first of all, I disagree with their use of the word monster here. What Brandon is trying to describe is more accurately just an animal. Lions are not monsters, they're animals. They have instinct, they have needs, they do what they're gonna do. There's no morality about it. The Hulk is not a monster because of a lack of morality. The Hulk is considered a monster because of the way he looks and the way people perceive him and his actions. He's not a monster because of any lack of morality. The Hulk is intelligent, the Hulk has a moral code at times, Sometimes it's not a great moral code, like when he's Joe Fix It, but I digress. It's also a bit of a plot point that for a long time, the Hulk has never been responsible for anyone dying due to his property destruction. He's not a monster for that reason. The comics have been very emphatic that the Hulk has never accidentally killed someone as collateral damage. I'm sure if you got really technical, you could say, well, no one walked out of that building. But for the most part, you know what I mean. Also, if you drop the Hulk in front of a church, He's not going to attack it because he has no reason to. The church isn't going to make him angry because churchgoers are peaceful people. And in fact, it'll probably chill him out and he'll turn back in the banner. So yeah, I take great issue with their use of the word monitor here. First of all, they're using it wrong to describe basically animal-like behavior. And it doesn't apply to the Hulk in that sense. Yes, the Hulk is a monster, but not that way. And for those who don't know, I'm a big comic nerd, so I was not going to let that one go. Fortunately, after the night in the cage, Jack has managed to not kill anyone again. And he also used Brandon's watch to keep track of when he started to lose control, so they have a general idea of when he changed at night, which is around 8.22. But the new day dawns, Jack gets dressed and they head back home, and run into Turner and Crystal with possibly the lamest excuse for why there's a cage. You gotta hear it for yourself, so here's the next clip. We can't have him knowing about this. Why? Because I fucking killed someone. Oh, right, yeah. That's fucked up, by the way. Uh, morning to you too, Jack. Oh. Hi. Hi. Hey, hello. See, so you got a new truck. And 
What's with the cage? Uh, this is for Uncle Mike's uh, cat. Oh my god, I love cats! <laughs> that that cage for a cat. That cat must be fat as shit. Yeah, well, it's an outdoors cat, so it just mostly sticks in the in the back. Uh huh. Hunts rodents. Oh. Well, can we play with her? Sure, if you can find her. Yeah. <laughs> Kitty. Kitty. Who's that girl, by the way? Well, her? Yeah, that's uh, that's Crystal. Yeah, she's my slaying piece. Met her online, and God, she just gives me the biggest boners. It's romantic. Yeah. Well, I'll let you get back to whatever the fuck Houdini trick you're planning. I'm out of here. At this point, Gonzo wanders back into the plot because he still has a lot of questions about that night. He had a jealous sort, and he has a lot of questions about why Rose is with the other guy who is a complete stranger, supposedly. Anyways, Gonzo sends one of his... Gonzo goons over to pick up Jack so he can try to fill in some more blanks about Jack what happened that night, which isn't going to go too well because Jack doesn't remember that night. Gonzo is generally creepy, tries to show that he's a tough guy, kind of succeeds, and for inconveniencing Jack, Gonzo invites him to stay for dinner and invites over the other two guys because why not? The dinner is generally uncomfortable with no one really wanting to be there. Rose sneaks off to the kitchen to get some food. Jack goes to help her and she starts asking if there's anything he can do to take care of Gonzo and her little problem. Jack wants to know why this is such an urgent matter and we find out that Rose is pregnant with the dead guy's child which when Gonzo finds that out it's not going to go well. This kind of has to be something that's done really quickly. So it's pretty clear Gonzo is going to have to be taken care of, or Rose is not going to be in a good place. Jack doesn't seem entirely against it, but he also isn't ready to just stab a guy in cold blood. So the most awkward dinner of all time continues on for a bit, until Jack notices the time. So Jack excuses himself before he wolfs out right there at the table, because he says he's not feeling well. Turner, who is super suspicious of everything at this point, also excuses himself to follow Jack home to find out what the hell is going on because he has no idea what the plot of this movie is. Here's a hint, it's a werewolf movie. That brings me to the next clip with Brandon and Turner chasing after Jack in the car. It's a bit of a long clip as Turner yells during the car ride home and then forces his way into the barn and finds out what's really going on. Wait, this isn't the fucking way. Well, I'm taking the scenic route. The fucking scenic route? Do I look like I have time to take the scenic route? I'm calling the fucking cops. No, please don't call the cops. No cops. Fuck you, man. You're trying to protect him with that cage. I'm not trying to protect him. I'm not, going I'm not trying to bust him. That's all, okay? You know, it's Jack. It's gonna be one huge misunderstanding. You're gonna uh, feel no, like shit. No, no, no. You have exactly two minutes to get there before I call the fucking cops. Fine, call the police. They're gonna come and find Jack vomiting. Big deal. That's not a crime. We're the ones with weed on us. You think that's a smart idea to call the police when we have weed on us? It's not. It's not a smart idea. Go. Nine. Fine, I don't care. One. Your own funeral. One. All right, all right, all right, okay? Stop. I'll take you. God damn right you will. Good news. That's such good news because that our job is done here then. I don't think That's so. It. I want to know what's in here. Alright, wait one second. Wait, 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 wait. Let's not go in there. Why? I have I've had some homosexual feelings lately towards you. And oh my I, god. I wanted Brandon. to talk to you about it. It could hurt our friendship. Don't fucking lie to me, Brandon. Don't fucking lie. I'm opening this thing. Don't fucking lie to me, Brandon. What? Why? Jack's in there. And he's a werewolf now. 
And he's gonna turn into a werewolf, and then we go in and he kills us. And that's you are goddamn full of shit. You know that? Let me in here, Brandon. Get up! Get off me, Brandon! I'm not fucking kidding! Now open that goddamn door! Fine! Hey Jack, it's us. What the fuck are you guys doing here? What the fuck are you doing in here? I, I'm sleeping here. What kind of fucked up psycho creep are you? Turner, you gotta listen to me. Go upstairs now, please. Brandon, help me out. No, don't talk to Brandon, all right? I know you two are full of secrets. Now tell me what the hell's going on. Turner, I will explain everything tomorrow. Right now, you just gotta get out of here. <laughs> well, this would be the first time a member of your family's had some explaining to do. So Turner and Brandon interrupt the change, Jack doesn't get into the cage, and Turner runs behind the door, leaving Brandon in the barn. And long story short, Brandon ends up getting mauled and dies in the morning after delivering some last words, which are basically, I don't want to die a virgin. Turner tries to use the shotgun on his friend as he turns into a were werewolf, but it doesn't do any good. And Turner just kind of hunkers down inside the house, leaving Jack to woof around the barn all night long. The next morning, Jack is not feeling too great for killing his cousin, so he takes Brandon out to the back to bury him, and somehow manages to pick the exact spot where Turner buried his mom. Which this has got to be a really small yard at the cabin to only have one good burying spot. But while he's digging the grave and wondering about how his mother got out there, Jack finds his mom's phone and a message from Uncle Mike, which will be the next clip. Hey, it's Mike. I haven't heard from you. I hope you're okay. Look, we had a pact. Gene was supposed to die with us. I thought that was clear. I know what you're trying to sustain here. Sedating Jack. Hoping he finds the cage. This is no way to live. Having killed and buried his best friend, the guilt of that kind of weighs on Jack for a bit, and I end up being proven right when he flashes back on what his father said at the start of the movie. Your worst quality can also be your best. Jack decides to use this murderous werewolf inside him and do some good by taking out Gonzo. He heads over with a bat around 8.20, sends Rose off on her way, and confronts the guy and a couple of the Gonzo goons. Gonzo sees the bat and is not impressed and has to ask, Do you have anything else? And Jack has one of the best replies to that in this kind of situation I've heard. Not yet. But since Jack isn't quite a werewolf yet, the goons easily take him out, tie him down to a chair, and that'll be the next clip of Gonzo being his general threatening peachy self. Well, Jack, it seems you like to play games. Let's play one of my favorites. Now, the rules, simple. My boys are gonna press pressure points on you. You are going to scream. And then I'll give you this stress ball. Squeeze it. Hopefully it'll help calm you down. Carl told me. You lied to me, Jack. You shouldn't lie. And since you heard that alarm going off, you know just like Jack does, the transformation is coming. And boy does it ever come. I am so, so glad they gave us an actual transformation sequence because that's what you go to see when you're watching a werewolf movie. They teased it out so far, they've had Jack transforming off camera and all we see is the aftermath. 
It was a long wait to get here, but it is so, so worth it. And as far as I can tell, almost all practical. If there was any CGI used, I didn't pick up on any of it. And it was probably just you to enhance and clean stuff up because this looks really practical. And it's such a great hearkening back to American Werewolf in London. It's not quite as good as and involved as that, but it's really right up there. It's painful looking. It's gruesome. It's definitely in my top werewolf transformations. Once we get Wolfman Jack running around, he makes quick work of the goons and tears through Gonzo's skull like it's a ripe avocado. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy and it's so cathartic to see it happen to such a shitty person. While all that's going on, we jump back to the cabin and Crystal's wandering around and Turner's gone missing. She runs into a werewolf and I think the movie wants you to assume it Jack come home but that doesn't really make any sense and you can probably figure out what's going on. Especially when the next day Turner wakes up, has no memory of the night before, and thinks that him and Crystal might have had one amazing night that just blew his mind. He eventually finds the blood trail which leads to murdered Crystal, and he makes the logical assumption, at least in his situation, that Jack might have done it. Now I like the setup. It's a bit obvious to the audience what's going on, but picture in Turner's mind. He knows his friend is a werewolf. He finds his girlfriend slaughtered in exactly the same way that Brandon was. So he puts two and two together, and while he gets five, it gives him the great motivation to go after Jack for revenge. Because in his mind, the werewolf that killed Crystal had to be Jack. He can't conceive that it's him yet. This all builds to a final confrontation set up by Turner. Okay, there's a lot of pieces here, so bear with me as I try to lay it all out. Turner sees Jack's truck in the yard, assumes he's home, but instead finds Rose inside it because she was sent away from her home the night before. Turner takes her hostage and plans to have her record the transformation proving the existence of werewolves and Turner being a hero once he kills Jack. Jack eventually gets home, climbs into the cage, but Turner won't but Turner won't let that stand because he needs the transformation to be out in the open and well lit and stuff like that and has making sure Jack is out of the cage, which is a really bad idea. And this all leads to the final clip with Jack about to transform and it's confession time. <laughs> Get out of the cage, Jack! Get out of the cage, Jack! Over there. Turner, you gotta put me back in the cage. Right. I'm gonna confess, Jack, and you don't have much time. Turner, I gotta get back to that One cage. One more step and I'll shoot you right now. You won't shoot me. I'll shoot you right fucking now! Just like I shot your mom! my confession. Answer my questions. Did you kill Brandon? What do you want out of it? Did you kill Brandon? Yes. Did you kill Morris? Yeah. Did you kill Crystal? No. She was torn up just like Brandon was. Did you kill her? Turner, I swear I didn't kill Crystal. Okay, I gotta get back to that no, cage. No, 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 no one's gonna believe there's a werewolf unless it's caught on camera. Look at him! All these murders are getting put on the werewolf that I'm gonna kill with my silver bullet. Silver bullet? What? Five seconds till I'm a hero. Turner, that's not gonna fucking work. You gotta shoot me now. Kill me now. Shut this is not a fucking fantasy. Shut the fuck up! And with that alarm going off, Jack makes a run for it to try to get to the cage in the last second, but doesn't make it. 822 hits, and both of the guys start to transform. Which leads to werewolf fight! Which is a great bonus to have in the movie. 
During the fight, Rose ends up wailing on Turner with the shotgun and basically turning his face into a pile of red mist. Jack, still with some bit of clarity before the transformation takes full hold, manages to throw Rose in the cage to try to protect her. If he can't be inside it, at least she can. Unfortunately, they can't get the door closed and locked in time, and Rose does the only thing she can and shoots at Jack with the shotgun. Which leads to the end of the movie with Uncle Mike arriving to survey the carnage at his cabin. He finds Rose in the cage, still alive, but unfortunately she got bit during the attacks. And so he ends the movie with, welcome to the family. So you want to know the lesson I learned from this movie? Always, 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 set your wolfing out alarm for a few minutes earlier, and not the moment the transformation starts, because that'll give you some time to get your shit together. Important werewolf tip right there. So what did I think of Uncaged? I actually really enjoyed this movie. I've always liked werewolf stories, and this is a really solid one. It's got very good mythology. I always like the idea of a family of werewolves, because if it passed through bodily fluids and bites, then sure, it's gonna be passed on to kids and stuff like that. The story is well told. It takes some really good turns. I, I really like the whole build-up with Turner being utterly clueless and being generally right, but so, so very wrong at the same time. Turner's whole plotline is a really good side of the story that brings a lot to it. I kinda could have done without the whole stuff with Gonzo, but it does give Jack some heroic moments in finding a way to point the wolf in good directions and do some good with it, like Brandon suggested. The only real problem I have with the movie is some of the acting's a little dodgy. I mean, especially Brandon gets really whiny at times. Like during the clip when Turner's trying to barge into the barn, Brandon Jack gets that, that really whiny tone and it, it really turns me off. Overall, if you're looking for a really solid, low-budget indie werewolf movie, check out Uncaged. That was actually really good. So that wraps up episode 4 of The Bloodstream. If you've got any feedback for the show, or if you know of any movies you want me to check out, especially if you know of something terrible on Netflix, shoot that my way. You can either find us on the Facebook group, just search for The Bloodstream, you'll be able to find us, I think. Or you can hit me up directly at phoenixfoenix at gmail.com. I know normally I end the show with the full version of Baba Yaga, and I try to avoid licensed music, but there's really only one song I can properly end the show with, so take care and keep streaming.
a gent who ran amok in Kent. Lately he's been overheard in Mayfair. You better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Jim. I'd like to meet his tailor. Salon Cheney walking with the queen Doing the werewolves of London I saw Lon Cheney Jr. walking with the queen Doing the werewolves of London I saw a werewolf drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's His hair was perfect 